On today's This Is Believe One podcast, I am joined by Nick Swanson, who covers the Browns for full press coverage. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, I figured we'd get back to you know some Browns talk. I've been talking about some other teams uh, lately. Not even just football. I've been talking about some baseball and how things have not been going well. But this is a Cleveland-based podcast, so I think it's time to get back to talking about a Cleveland team. And that team in particular is the Browns. Now, <clears throat> I was wondering what your opinion is on the roster as currently constructed. Because I know the offense seems really good, like they got all of their pieces together. Their defense seems questionable to me. I don't know if you agree, or where do you think there is roster-wise? Yeah, I think on paper, the offense is one of the best in the league. Um, but you're, you're, I completely agree with you about the defense. There are a lot of holes, specifically the linebacking core. Um, there's a lot of inexperience there that I'm not sure how it'll end up playing out. But that the front defensive line right there that's a very solid start obviously there's room for improvement there always is but um my the biggest thing i'm looking at is definitely the linebacking core yeah linebackers seem to be an issue it seems like they sort of punted on that uh it seems that some people say it's by design some others believe it's more of a they're saying that they're doing it this way because they didn't address it you know, letting Joe Schobert go, letting Christian Kirksey go, and basically their only addition being B.J. Goodson and, uh, you know, drafting a linebacker. Uh, I'm not necessarily sold on what they're selling with the linebackers. It seems like they're they're trying to tell you that what we have is by design, but I think it's more of a, more a cop-out, honestly. Yeah, I think that probably the biggest news from the Browns this offseason was losing Joe Schobert, losing that uh, obviously stalwart on defense. He's been there forever. Um, and you don't really get much in exchange for him. You lose him. You expect to bring someone in. And in my opinion, they didn't even bring in the best available linebacker at, at the time that he was drafted. Uh, who would have that been? Uh, I personally liked, um, oh, what was his name? Malik Harrison out of Ohio State. I yes. liked him more than Jacob Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the what the reasoning behind taking Phillips, who I had a couple players lower at the position than Harrison. Now, my uh, issue with their with their draft is that they could have taken, like it or not, they could have taken Zach Bond with their third-round pick where he was, he was taken there, but they said to trade back, take a defensive tackle, not necessarily a, you know, an immediate position of need. Then they take Phillips, who, I mean... I guess he's fine, but he's not necessarily someone where I'm just like, yes, they got Jacob Phillips. It's just kind of like, okay, Jacob Phillips. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I would have been a lot happier if they would have been with like Bond and, and Harrison, you know, with those two picks or, you know, taking two linebackers there instead of a, a trading back and getting a defensive tackle and a linebacker who many thought was going to go a lot later than that. Yeah, I don't hate the Jordan Elliott pick. 
Um, I feel like they could use him as a rotational player to, like, if Ogunjobi or Richardson uh, ever just need a break during the game. I don't hate that pick, but they could have knocked it out of the park with Zach Bond. That's what I was the most disappointed at. Yeah. Now, uh, we were discussing Joe Schubert. Were you a Joe Schubert believer? I mean, because it seems like there's two distinct camps. It's people who recognize his value, and it's not necessarily the traditional middle linebacker type. And there's those that are just like, all he does is make tackles 10 yards downfield and misses tackles and all this other stuff. Are, are you, and which side are you on? Or are you more in the middle? I, I like Joe Schobert. I thought that it was a mistake to let him walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he was a pivotal part of that defense, especially uh, with, it seemed like Kirksey was already out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that that it was a big loss for them. Um, like he was he was one of the better linebackers in the league. I'm not going to say he was one of the best linebackers, but he was he was a good player on your defense. And it's not like there were going to be ways to make an improvement upon Joe Schobert. It's, it's, there's not guys out there available. I mean, anyone that they would have drafted would not necessarily been in a position. I mean, maybe if somehow Isaiah Simmons fell into their lap and they were able to move on from Schobert and get Simmons, but that would mean they wouldn't be taking Jedrick Wills. A little bit yeah. more forgivable, I guess, but that didn't happen. They didn't take linebackers until the third round, and I feel like they're trying to sell us on some sort of two maybe even one linebacker scheme with like three safeties on the field and with all of the guys that they have in their secondary that have a history of injury issues and uh you know in particular Andrew Sandejo is better as a sub package guy now at this point in his career it just seems like everything has to go exactly right for this defense not to be Swiss cheese and in reality they might be Swiss cheese <laughs> even with everyone healthy yeah, I think the best case scenario for this defense is that the line is just so overpowering that they just have to force the quarterback, the opposing quarterbacks, to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk. Let's talk on the offense for a little bit. Uh, they improved their offensive line. They drafted Jedrick Wills. Uh, they signed Jack Conklin. They glaring issue should not be an issue anymore with their offensive line. Were you a fan of the of the Conklin signing? And was there a different tackle you thought they should have taken? Instead of Wills, or was Wills your guy? I liked the I liked the Jack Conklin signing. Um, I'm originally well. I spent most of my life in Houston, so for the last couple years, twice a year, we would see Jadavian Clowney and JJ Watt going against Jack Conklin. Um, I thought that was a great signing. They knocked it out of the park there. I think. I'm a lot higher than Jedrick Wills than I've seen some people. I mm-hmm. think that he was a top two tackle. I've seen people obviously rank Andrew Thomas ahead of him. Um, some people put Makai Becton. I wasn't a big Becton guy. I um, wasn't either. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt he was just too raw. It, it's, um, it's It was a rawness thing. It was if we needed... If we're a developing team, if we're a team where the idea yeah. was we're going to start competing and being good and making that big step three, four years from now, Beckton's your guy. But the expectations with the coaching staff, with this team, with the offense, we need someone to step in and 
make an impact now. We can't afford mistakes. We can't afford, I guess, uh, developing time. <laughs> it's it's production time. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think they knocked it out of the park with Wills. I think the only thing that the only scenario in which I would be fine with them not have taken a tackle would have been if Isaiah Simmons fell to ten. Yeah, that's that's how I was, especially with yeah. their complete uh, neglect of the linebacking core. I was hoping like, do they know something we don't know? Is Isaiah Simmons going to slide, or are they going to trade up, or do something? And I mean, nothing happened. They took Wills, which awesome. When they needed a left tackle, they needed one since Joe Thomas retired. But Jedrick mm-hmm. uh, Wills is fine. Uh, another person on the offense I always like to get everyone's opinion on because it seems to also be a varying opinion is Dave Njoku. What is your opinion of Dave Njoku? Oh, I'm not the biggest Dave Njoku guy. I think he is slightly above average. I know that there are a lot of people, a lot of my friends think oh, he's the next George Kittle or Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I'm not that high on him. I think that he he is a good tight end, but I think that with the addition of Austin Hooper, mm-hmm. then I think he can be even more than he already was because he won't get as much attention. So okay. I think that this year could be a really big year for him. Okay, you are significantly higher uh, than on David Njoku than I am. Uh, uh, one key point I'd like to, to point out is, unlike George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, uh, David Njoku can't block. Uh, so <laughs> that's yeah. a huge problem. Uh, the other part of the equation is he can't catch. So that's, you know, from what I see is what he was a raw prospect, raw project a couple years ago. He was tall, he was fast, he was athletic. Three years in, he's still tall, fast, athletic. He still can't block, still can't catch. Um, Yeah. I've said it multiple times on this podcast, but I'll tell it to you because it's the first time you're hearing it. Um, If it was my job and they brought in two people who played the exact same position (laughs) as my position, I would not feel all that secure about my job. Yeah. I I feel like Njoku this year will either be a hit or miss. Either he nails it and he's on the team, or he flops and he's gone in the offseason. Yeah. I think that's a very strong possibility, especially with, like you said, the addition of Harrison Bryant in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Hooper, I think, is easily leaps and bounds better. I think that that was, all, that was another big signing for them because – that's one of the guys that I regard as one of the better tight ends in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not quite at the Kelsey Kittle level, but he's up there. He's like that tier below. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Not necessarily a complete tight end, but a good receiving tight end. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's one more player I'd like to ask everyone's opinion on the Browns. Because, again, complete two different camps. Rashard Higgins. I like Higgins. I like Rashard Higgins. <laughs> Um, personally, I know that he's not on the team anymore, but I was a big Antonio Callaway guy. <laughs> I, I loved Antonio Callaway in college. I but, wanted him to work so badly. Yes, but just everything that went wrong with him, I, 
it had to be he had to go mm-hmm. but i think richard higgins is a good number three option um especially as your third receiver you don't need him to be like the best yeah um He's he's one of those receivers that I could also see working in a type of offense that like the Rams have. Mm-hmm. They don't have a superstar receiver, mm-hmm. but they've got three good receivers that work very well together. So I feel like Rashard Higgins is one of those good receivers that works very well with the others. And, and the reason I ask that is it's just like Dave Njoku. There always seems to be a lot of Rashard Higgins truthers out there who try to prop him up, and I'm like, you got Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Who cares about Rashard Higgins, in my opinion? Is he a number three yeah. receiver? Is he fine? But I think I feel at the end of the day he's replaceable, and I'm just like, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> especially with having Odell and Jarvis on the team. That third guy doesn't really matter, so you could replace him with, like, an Albert Wilson or... Uh, any other three <laughs> yeah uh, any other guy they've had on the team in the past couple of years even Brashad Perriman exactly. they could replace him with yes yeah now how do you feel the the Kevin Stefanski offense which is going to be uh you know kind of run heavy run based you know some zone run uh is going to work with this specific group of players I think that I'm not sold on the interior of the offensive line, uh, mainly on Wyatt Teller. Thank you. <laughs> not a big Wyatt Teller guy, yeah. Um, but with how we've seen Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb perform in previous years, especially Kareem Hunt's rookie year on the Chiefs, mm-hmm. um, I'm – wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those run to set up the pass offenses mm-hmm. as opposed to pass to set up the run. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see how quickly Jedrick Wills adjusts. Yeah. Um, and depending on whether they have him play right tackle or left tackle because Tua being a lefty was his blind side was the right Mm -hmm. so uh that's where Jedrick Wills was um we'll have to see how he transitions to left tackle but I think that there's a lot of upside with these two backs I think that we could have two 1,000 yard rushers this year um and if not both 1,000 yard rushers screen passes Mm-hmm. Quick wheel routes. Uh, Chubb and Hunt are both great receiving backs. I think that that offense, um, as long as Baker can get it to him, then I think that uh, they'll be just fine. Now uh, we've seen you know a superstar receiver in the past in the specific offense have some issues on the sideline during games. I'm speaking of one Stephon Diggs. Uh, mm-hmm. Any concern that that might duplicate itself in the form of Odell Beckham, who was relatively not necessarily a distraction in that manner last year? We've we've seen him be a distraction like that 
whole fiasco with the kicking net back in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, with everybody that they've added, he can see that the Browns could be a very legit contender. Mm-hmm. Whereas when he was on the Giants, I felt his attitude was more like, oh, we're going nowhere. I can do whatever I want. That's fair. So I think hopefully he respects everybody in that organization. And I think that he will be a more mature player coming in. But obviously we can't be for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> I mentioned the new offense with Kevin Stefanski. And very early on in the offseason, it seems like everyone was trying to keep everything in check. Expectations were kind of low. And as I expected, what began to happen is it's slowly building, slowly building. And all of a sudden, people are getting really high in the Browns again. A different manner, because last year it was just like, let's go, Browns hype train time. Yep. This time it's more of a slow build. But we're getting there. We're seeing experts trying to be like, oh, the Browns are going to be good. Some people are calling the... The defense stacked, which, as we've already discussed, in my opinion, it's not stacked. Uh, yeah. The offense is... We'll get to Baker in a minute, but um, it seems like expectations are getting high, even though people aren't admitting that they're getting high. Yes. It's, it's one of those scenarios where you look at it, or you look at the roster... Mm-hmm. And it's big names popping out at you. Mm-hmm. Odell, Jarvis, Baker, um, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, all of those guys. I think that all of it's like how it was last year in the sense of, wow, there's a lot of big names. This team should be good. Yes. What I think the quiet hype is this year is I think they had a very underrated draft. Mm -hmm. I love the Jedrick Wills pick. I like the Nick Harris pick in the fifth round. I Mm -hmm. saw him at the combine, and I fell in love with him. Um, I love the Harrison Bryant pick. Like I said, I like the Jordan Elliott pick. Donovan Peoples-Jones was a solid pick for where he was drafted at. And obviously getting Grant Delpit, who is arguably the best safety in the draft, in the second round was a home run. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is where the quiet hype comes in. People weren't really focused on, oh, hey, we still think the Browns are going to be good. Like how last season it was, like you said, it was right off the bat, oh, this team's going to be great. Mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely a more underrated appreciation, but we'll just have to see how it turns out, you know? Yeah, uh, the way I see it is people are starting to give them, you know, prop them up a little bit. People say, oh, they should be really good. I'm looking, I'm like, "Uh, their offense is relatively the same. (laughs) It's the same yeah. cast of characters, you know, add in Austin Hooper. Uh, their defense is arguably worse. Uh, yeah. What is giving people more confidence? I guess it's people are just saying, well, Kevin Stefanski is smarter than Freddie Kitchens. And, I mean, 
that's a... You know Fuck it, I'll be blunt and kind of just straight to the point. Uh, a low bar uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to, uh, to get over. And <clears throat> people look at Andrew Barry, and Andrew Barry's this, you know, smart guy. And, you know, it's, he's not John Dorsey chewing gum and talking about football guys. It's just because mm-hmm. it's the complete opposite of the people putting the team together. But, I mean, for all we know, Kevin Stefanski, we don't know what he is as a coach. He could, he could be yeah. terrible, for all we know. But... yeah. <laughs> You, you brought up Freddie Kitchens, and I've I've talked about this with people previously. In my opinion, if Freddie Kitchens was never hired as the head coach, and they promoted Greg Williams to the head coach, mm-hmm. I think that the Browns would have been significantly better last year. What's your opinion on that? I absolutely agree. I do. Yeah. E- even though... Greg Williams is someone who's never going to get a head coaching job again. Just yeah. how it is. But the difference... For, for good reasons. For, for very good reasons. But the, the yeah. difference between a Greg Williams coach team versus even... You know, we can do a Freddie Kitchens or Hugh Jackson coach teams is mm. that they were disciplined, they didn't do anything stupid, and they were relatively all in line. Uh, yeah. What you saw with the other two guys is the complete opposite of that. Oh, yeah. And... They would have been better. How much better? I don't know. Maybe they would have gone seven and nine at at, at the tops. Maybe they would have been six and ten. They could have very well been worse. For all we know, they, they could have. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes the you know the defensive hard ass coach has the reverse effect. I've heard you know a lot of people who have been coached by that guy. You know, on podcasts. You know, specifically Eric Mangini when he was the Browns coach. How yeah. they got sick of his tune in year two, and they were just done. So maybe they would have been good, but I thought for what I will say, I think they would have been better off with Greg Williams instead of Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens was a guy who just was not ready for it. Uh, however, I do understand their reasoning, even though it's flawed for why they went yeah. with Freddie Kitchens. They didn't want to promote Greg Williams, have Freddie Kitchens be good, then have someone else hire Freddie Kitchens. They wanted to skip a step, and that's ultimately why it all fell apart. So, give me your opinion on just what Baker Mayfield is. I love Baker Mayfield. Um, I've I loved him in college. I love the swagger that he brings. I love the the constant. My goal is to go out there and kick your ass attitude. Mm-hmm. And look good doing it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he doesn't always look good while doing it. Yeah, but I love I love the attitude that he has. Um, he seems to have maintained that while still maturing since he was in college. Obviously, we had the grabbing his crotch and flipping off the other team. Mm-hmm. I guess it was Kansas or something like that. Yeah, um, but. I I am a big Baker Mayfield guy. I was I bought a jersey. I bought his jersey uh, before that Jets game, like a week before. Which one? Uh, I bought the brown and orange, the one that were like just unveiled that mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, but that week three Monday night game against Sam Darnold, um, 
bought that jersey, I was like, this dude, whenever he gets his opportunity, is going to be it. He's going to be that dude. And his rookie year, it looked like it. Yeah. It looked like he was going to be that dude. Um, uh, I bought in after his rookie year. Yeah. Uh, I, I, was, was, I was not a Baker believer in college. I was not necessarily a Baker believer when they drafted him. Uh, I welcomed him to prove me wrong. Through his rookie year, he looked like he did. Yes. Now elaborate on his second year. Yes. Um, his second year, it was very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, that sophomore slump seemed to hit him hard. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's still young. There's still room for improvement. I think that he, as of right now, he is still the quarterback of the future for this team. Okay. I don't know how long that future is. That future could be two years so they can draft Sam Howell. That future could be one year so they could draft Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence if they're that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as of right now, I'm all in on Baker. Um, hopefully he managed to polish up since the end of the season, and hopefully we see a more consistent Baker Mayfield in 2020, 2021. Uh, a more consistent Baker Mayfield would be great because uh, the theme of the year two was regression. Um, yes. <laughs> tons of turnovers, interceptions, he fumbled, made tons of bad decisions that didn't even result in turnovers but very well could have. He just seemed uh, overwhelmed, honestly. Yes. And... Some of that's the coaching's fault, but the hell, the, the coach didn't make him throw into double coverage. The coach didn't make it so he couldn't read the defense. Because yeah. there were plenty of there were plenty of mistakes and plenty of things he did that were negative that fell squarely on him that a lot of people are glossing over because of who Freddie Kitchens was and his performance as a coach and how the team essentially in so many words, revolted against him about halfway through the year because of how bad he was. <clears throat> yeah. I also think all of the hype that was put on them in the offseason also contributed to that mm-hmm. because I feel like once that got into his head in critical game-time decisions, he's like, I have to prove everyone right, mm-hmm. and then makes a bad decision and costs them the game. Yeah. I'd say that's accurate, and uh, hopefully with an offense that's supposed to be run-heavy, that's supposed to take the ball out of his hands, he <laughs> improves a little bit. Um, yeah. The, the statistics have shown through his first two years, he's better when he throws it less. The team wins mm-hmm. games when he throws it less. The team is better when he lines up under center in play action. Yeah. Everything that Kevin Savansky's offense is supposed to do is everything that Baker Mayfield excels at now whether he actually puts it together and makes it happen that's a different story oh very much so yeah (laughs) but i think this is we're getting the perfect scenario for make or break season for baker mayfield because offensive line can't be an excuse anymore because it was last year because chris hubbard and greg robinson and whoever the hell else they put at left tackle were absolutely (laughs) awful last year you know we didn't have the half season of Desmond Harrison the year before, who also was terrible. Yeah. You know, you got Jedrick Wills. You got Jack Conklin. You have Odell. You have Jarvis. You know, year two Odell, year three Jarvis. 
You got Austin Hooper. You drafted Harrison Bryant. I'm purposely glossing over David Njoku. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You have all the offensive weapons at your disposal. You can't make it work. It's donezo time. Yeah. I mean... It's make or break. It, it, is, it is very much make or break. It's, if he does not perform, they very well could you know, decline his fifth-year option, which I think very well could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, the terms of Case Keenum's deal is not a coincidence. If they were to decline his option, year four, play it out. Year five, he's gone. Case Keenum's in the final year of his deal. They draft a rookie, and he introduces him to the offense. If everyone's still there, I mean, <laughs> you know, with Jimmy Haslam in charge, for all we know, this could be a one-year experiment until he blows it up again. Yeah. Yeah, we could see everybody gone. <clears throat> now... What is your, let's say, peak record prediction and low record prediction? Like, what is, what is, everything goes right, what is their ceiling? Everything goes wrong, what is their, you know, their floor? If everything goes right, let me pull up the schedule real quick. Let me tell you, those first four weeks are brutal. Oh, yeah. So... I think if everything goes right, this is 100% optimistic. Mm-hmm. I think they could go 13 and 3. Okay. I think if everything goes wrong, then they'll go. Six and ten. Okay. Five and eleven. Around there. Yeah, okay. I, I personally have them pegged between five and eleven and seven and nine. In my opinion. I, I, I don't think a, a ball control offense that wants to hold the clock, you know, and burn the clock is great with a defense that can't stop anybody. Um, yeah. Into a shootout situation. They're kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, my, my reasoning behind the 13 and three is we don't know what Joe Burrow will be will be yeah in the nfl Mm -hmm. so if he's if he's not what he was in college then there's two wins i don't think the redskins are going to be competing as much as i love their defense i absolutely Mm -hmm. love their defense i don't think that they'll be able to compete for at least three more years like that game should be a win in my opinion but it's the browns you never know Coin flip. Yeah. So I I put that in the coin flip category. Yeah. I'm not high on the Raiders. Um, uh, obviously, the Jaguars are expected to be one of the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, not high on the Giants. Not high on the Jets. I could see them splitting with both the Ravens and the Steelers. Um, and I, I think the biggest game I'm not sure about is against the Cowboys. Oh, I have that as a loss. That's going to be a slaughter. 
I'm not sure, though, because the Browns might come in and just surprise everybody. As much as I love what the Cowboys did this offseason, I think they had the best draft by a mile. Mm -hmm. I think that they filled every hole that they had, and I think that the Cowboys are going to be really good next year. Mm -hmm. But if it's one of those games where Zeke is held to under 100 yards and Dak Prescott is being the bad Dak Prescott, Mm-hmm. that we've seen, then I think they could win that game. I'm leaning towards a loss. <laughs> I, I have it just checkmarked as a loss already. You have it checkmarked uh, oh, as a loss? Oh, I have it checkmarked as a loss. Just like I have week one as a loss. Uh, yeah, I have, especially in Baltimore. Uh, I, I feel the quick turnaround on Thursday. I feel that's a loss, too, to play the Bengals. I know you said two wins for the Bengals against the Bengals, but... that That's in the best-case scenario. Uh, yeah, I, I feel... That those that that quick turnaround on a Thursday against a rookie quarterback. I've seen this movie before. Um, yeah. it, it, that guy has the game of his career on that night on primetime against the Browns. <laughs> That's how it's happened before. <laughs> it's probably going to happen again. Is it? Yeah, I think the only for sure wins are the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Redskins. Yeah, I think they should beat the Bengals once. That's like one of the for sure wins I got in there. Is the, okay. you know, the Bengals once? Uh, I think I have them beating the Jets or the Giants. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. But it again, I have them like five and eleven. Maybe they split one with like Pittsburgh or something. But I'm not. <laughs> I have both losses of the Ravens. Honestly, even with the expected regression of Lamar Jackson, you know, regression. Not like he's gonna suck, but. Just dial back a little bit of yeah. what he did from last year. I still think that team is really good on both sides of the football. You know, then there's they just got J.K. Dobbins to add to that offense. Yeah, that their draft was also incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the Cowboys and the Ravens were the two teams that I thought absolutely blew it out of the water. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Ravens still have that great defense, like they always seem to have, and mm-hmm. they have an offense where. They're just going to keep doing their thing. Yeah, and they got Matt Judon back, so that's... It's going to be a problem. Least, yeah. You know, the only, I guess, X factor in the division quarterback-wise is Ben Roethlisberger. What is he? Is he going to be... Is he going to be terrible, or is he going to be at least marginal or good? I have no idea. That is my biggest question for this season. I have no clue what Ben Roethlisberger is going to be. Mm-hmm. I've seen people saying that he could be a top five quarterback this year. Um, like his big comeback hoorah. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people saying he's obviously he's old. Mm-hmm. Um, without the weapons that he's had previously, this could be it for him. This could, they could go five and 11 and those five wins are won because of that defense. Um, I have I honestly have no idea what to expect for the Steelers. Yeah, I don't know where, where they're going to go. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> the Browns have in, in, entered negotiations with Miles Garrett about a contract extension. Uh, be great to keep him around. They expect to keep him around. Uh, I do feel this puts the writing on the wall with them moving on from one, if not 
both of Beckham and Landry down the line, uh, just because they're spending up to and above $30 million on those two combined. Yeah. And are you in the same line with me of thinking on, on that? Uh, just because how much money they're making, then how much money they're reallocating to Miles Garrett, they're going to have to make sure they have the best team around and not just a couple of elite superstars. I am on board with getting Miles Garrett an extension as soon as possible because I think that it, I think that last year he would have won Defensive Player of the Year if he didn't have that suspension, if he didn't try and beat Mason Rudolph with his own helmet. Playing a little whack-a-mole. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he is a Defensive Player of the Year caliber player. Mm-hmm. So I think that the sooner you can get him to sign and the longer the contract is, the better. Because you don't want him signing a one-year deal and then winning Defensive Player of the Year and then you have to pay him mm-hmm. another $10 million. Yeah. So I'm on board with re-signing him as for how that would affect the rest of the roster um in my opinion like we were talking about david and joku would be one of the first to (laughs) get the x (laughs) yeah goodbye you're traded for a fourth round pick or something he's that's a seventh rounder come on (laughs) (laughs) again being optimistic here um I think they might, if they're able to win games, I think that Jarvis might be willing to restructure his contract. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Odell would ever restructure his contract. I think that he's too much of a me-first player. Um, so I think it would all depend on if other crucial players on the team would be willing to take a pay cut for the betterment of the team. Yeah. I mean, I'm just of the belief of that, you know, no restructure and none of that other stuff. If they end up paying Miles Garrett, I just feel that one, if not both those guys are gone, honestly, just because of how much money they're making. And, um, and the general perception of paying two pass catchers that much money with, again, also the perception of, what people think Baker Mayfield is. I mean, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people are high on him. You seem to be higher on him than I do. Uh, I think he's essentially Case Keenum with a stronger arm. Um, but I, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they brought him in. It's not, they're, they're, <laughs> they're more alike than I think a lot of people want to admit, but, uh, you know, I think he needs all of the players around him to be good. Not, being able to elevate the guys around him. Mm-hmm. I think he needs a strong supporting cast to be productive. He is not like an Aaron Rodgers or a Peyton Manning or, or a Tom Brady or, <clears throat> hell, even Patrick Mahomes uh, able yeah. to make plays like that. He's someone who needs a lot of support. Imagine imagine Patrick Mahomes in this offense. That would be ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> It could have happened. 5,500 passing yards. uh, (laughs) um, Now, one last question I just thought of. Uh, Okay. um, Of the players who 
are on currently their rookie deals now that have played a game, so not their current rookies that they just mm-hmm. drafted. How many would you give a contract extension to? Because, you know, think of Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb. I would Nick I would Chubb personally give one Ward Williams. to Miles Garrett. I think that's that's a for that's sure. That's a given, right? Yeah, that's a given for me. Um with what you know right now, not projecting, not with what I know right now, I would also give Chubb one. Okay. Um, and uh, is Ogan Joby still on his rookie contract? Uh, I can look that up for us right now. What about Denzel Ward? Why have you on the? Well, I'm asking, well, I'm Denzel Ward, I like him. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, we'll give Denzel Ward one because I think he and Greedy Williams have a lot of potential still, and I think they can get even better. Ogunjobi is in the final year of his rookie deal, so. He'll be 27 after this year. So, yeah. I, I um, would be hesitant to give Ogan Joby an, an extension. I mean, it would just, it would have to, you know, the numbers would have to work, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, you're not going to make him one of the highest paid defensive tackles, but I think you pay him as a productive defensive tackle, not a mm-hmm. one of the top tier guys. Uh, my only problem with uh, Nick Chubb getting an extension is. is Running backs on second contracts or longer contracts, they age so terribly. That's that's very true. They age and so bad. I mean, the Rams handed Todd Gurley a shit ton of money, and they had to eat all of it. Yeah. there, There's always that aspect, but I think the biggest thing with the Gurley contract mm-hmm. was they just fed him mm-hmm. and and I think that that's the problem if you don't have a quote unquote feature back mm-hmm. like a Christian McCaffrey a Todd Gurley um, a Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. I think that it's worth giving an extension but like Saquon's gonna be He's going to get a shit my, ton of money. And Saquon's going to be gone in a couple of years. Really? Yeah, just because of all the miles he had on him from college. Same with Jonathan Taylor in this recent draft class. I was not high on him at all because I viewed him as a Todd Gurley type where he'll finish out his contract, get arthritis in his knees at, 24, 25, however old, and then just not be the same for his next contract. I would say the only difference between like Nick Chubb and some of the other guys you named there, you know, McCaffrey, Gurley, Barkley, is uh, those three guys are difference makers in the passing game, and Nick Chubb is, yeah. a, a, I don't want to say a non-factor, but he leans more towards non-factor than not than factor. Uh, he's not yeah. a he's not a factor in the passing game, so. 
his number will be significantly less because of that, even though he's a good running back. He's not mm-hmm. a good pass-catching back, and I think that will, I guess, help with maybe making a second contract work. But uh, I had someone on uh, a week ago, and he basically laid it out like this. Let him play out his deal, franchise tag him twice, and let him walk. And I I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, that's... I would I would agree with that, yeah. You know, just because it's a, it's a running back, contracts age badly, and... That's the best way to essentially, you know, juice the orange, essentially. Get everything you can out of them, and uh, when you're done with that second franchise tag, you know, go your separate ways. Yeah. Yeah, I I have opened my mind to the idea that running back is... You have very little leverage as a running back. Yes. Because you are... In this game, in this day and age, you are very replaceable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hated hearing that at the beginning of last season and even the beginning of this past one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, but the more you watch and the more you think about it, it's like, yeah, look at these guys that are coming in these fourth fifth round picks mm-hmm. and still being solid producers another thing don't use a first round pick on a running back <laughs> you, uh, somehow people still haven't learned <laughs> yeah you get better value later on um like recently josh jacobs mm-hmm. I, that i understand why a first round pick was used, but then the next running back wasn't taken to what the third round, so you could have easily taken him later. Mm-hmm. Then this past draft with um, LSU, LSU back. Oh God, I completely. Uh, uh, dude with three names. Oh, what's his name? I'm gonna. I'm gonna Clyde Edwards Hilaire. There we go. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, with him going 32nd to the Chiefs. That, I'm not going to complain about because it's essentially that was a second their round pick. Hole. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was basically a second-round pick. Um, but, like, Ezekiel Elliott... Uh, he's, he's like one of the rare exceptions. Yeah, Zeke is the only one that seems to be a consistent workhorse and we haven't seen it yet and i'm not expecting to see to see him fall off anytime soon Mm -hmm. but i'm not going to be shocked when it happens you know yeah i wouldn't necessarily be shocked either just because of you know they've been they've been going you know heavy with with the zeke with the zeke uh production um, I'm looking this up right now, but um, <clears throat> Leonard Fournette is not aging well. <laughs> oh, not at all. Uh, Warren Sharp tweeted uh, yesterday or the day before about how he just somehow keeps getting worse. 
when he thinks he can't get worse. Oh, here we go. Every year I think Leonard Fournette's stats are so terrible they couldn't possibly be worse next year. And every year they are. On 75 first down rushes in the first half, 2.7 yards per carry, 25% success rate, 4 broken tackles, dead last of 41 qualifying running backs. Your number 5 running back cap hit in 2020. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I honestly. Dunking on I Leonard Fournette's my favorite last thing on Twitter. Pick in the NFL draft for Leonard Fournette, and I think that is about it. He's. I don't want to call him useless because he's not useless, but he has a very limited scheme or system where he'll be productive, and that's one that doesn't pass the ball or run outside the tackles. <laughs> yeah, you want to run in between the you know the two guards, you're good. But yeah, I not a big Leonard Fournette guy. He was, in my opinion, he was great his rookie year, mm-hmm. and then was just dog shit. Yeah, he he was a guy whose his impact was very quick, you know. But and and it was just because people didn't know, mm-hmm. people didn't know what he was, what he was going to be. Yeah, and and then so after that rookie year, they know who he is, they know what he does, and now he's average at best. At his peak, he is average. And every year, Warren Sharp just dunks on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is always entertaining because so many people try to uh, prop up Leonard Ford at uh, being something better than he is. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's not. He's he's not that good. Uh, yeah, I think Leonard Fournette is actually the worst offensive weapon on that team, and I'm considering Gardner Minshew in that. I am not a big Gardner Minshew guy. Oh, poor man Baker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's gas station Baker Mayfield. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more thing, then I'll let you get out of here and enjoy the rest of your weekend here as we're recording on a Saturday. The Judavian Clowney rumors that seem to not go away. Would you be for the Browns signing Clowney, or is this just something, in your opinion, they should just, like, stop having these rumors leak out? I would like to see the Miles Garrett deal get done first before potentially signing Clowney. Mm-hmm. Because then you can always get rid of Olivier Vernon's contract, which yeah. I think is absolutely terrible. I mean, it's, it's uh, one year not guaranteed money. It's easy to get rid of right now. Yeah, yeah. So get him out of there. If you can bring in Clowney for even just one year this year mm-hmm. and say, look what we've built, play for us for a year, see what you think. And if this year goes well, then I think that could lead to a larger contract with the departure of Larry Ogunjobi. Mm-hmm. But what I don't think is a good idea is signing him for the next five years and then being in cap hell and mm-hmm. unable to do anything to make your team better. That's a good point. Um, I've, I've been against signing Clowney. Uh, he's someone... Looking at their defense, looking at you know where they have holes, where they have needs, 
he doesn't make that much of a difference, honestly. It's not like adding Clowney is the missing piece and he makes them elite. He doesn't take them mm-hmm. from good to great. He doesn't make them from average to good, uh, honestly. Yeah. Uh, his diff- his impact, while he might make some sacks or the occasional, you know, you know, you know, sack fumble, whatever, minimal, honestly. Just because they have they have needs at, at linebacker, safety, corner. And I think entering into an, another, let's say, one-year deal with somebody to create even more turnover for the next year is just, it's terrible team-building strategy. Yeah, I think I think that that's probably, that that's what I would do just because also if it doesn't work out, then he's done. Off the books, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. I think that's the main benefit of these one-year contracts because you don't want to lock a guy up. Like, think back to when the Titans signed Albert Hainsworth. Oh, yeah. You don't want to lock a guy like that up and then be done with him after a year. Mm-hmm. So, especially because we don't... We don't really acknowledge what Jadavian Clowney is at the level he is. Mm-hmm. He's not, in my opinion, he's not elite. He's not. Yeah. He's he's good. But he's asking for elite money. And I don't I wouldn't be willing to give him elite money for an extended period of time. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, his injury history concerns the hell out of me. Uh, yeah, it, you know, uh, you know, being from <laughs> yeah, yeah, we you, we know all about that. <laughs> I mean, uh, I used to I used to cover the Texans in the past too, so I'm very familiar with the uh, the ins and outs of Mr. Jadavian Clowney and that those wonderful knees of his. Uh, okay. So I don't know. I still think his whole career was made off of that one hit in the Outback Bowl. But that was a hell of a hit. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> but I, I think I think that is the extent of what Clowney is. I mean, Clowney's a good player, a difference maker for the Browns' defense. Does he change him all that much? I don't think so. That, that's yeah. where I'm at. It's they'll be, they'll perform relatively to the same level. And you know, people like to bitch about Olivier Vernon being hurt all the time. Well. Can I show you Clowney's injury history? Would you yeah. like to see a longer injury history? Let me show you Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> <laughs> He's hurt all the time, too. Yeah, I think people are still hung up on the he was the number one pick. He's a name that everyone recognizes, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, I know that name. That was the first overall pick a couple years ago. Yeah, Let's he's got to be good. I mean, yeah, you remember Sam Bradford? Yeah, uh, I mean, we tried that with the, was he a third overall pick, Greg Robinson? Look where he is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, jail. Yeah. <laughs> you remember all the first round picks damn near in the last 10 years or whatever? Oh, man. Tons of tons of missed picks in Cleveland. It's an endless yeah. list. I hope that list is finally coming to an end. I hope so. <laughs> Kind of trying to smile through that. <laughs> kind of hard. Uh, but that's... 
that's just how it goes. Um, yep. Hopefully the Browns get it together. Uh, hopefully they do better than what I expect them to because my expectations are not high. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm hoping for the best. Uh, life is uh, covering the Browns. The Browns fans hope for the best, expect the worst.